0: Good morning church. I want to talk to you this morning about fear. I'm going to take you to an Old Testament story, 2 Kings chapter 6. There's a nation over here that's going to attack Israel. The king pulls all his plotters and planners and strategists in, his colonels and has them all sit down and he draws up a plan and goes to execute that plan. But Here's Israel, and they have already heard about the plan, and they're standing up waiting for them, and the battle falls all to pieces. That happens once, twice, a few times, and finally the king of the enemy army comes to his colonels and says, listen, we have a traitor here, and I need to know who it is. We're not leaving this room until we find out who it is. And uh, the bravest colonel in the room says, listen, it's not anybody here. What happens is Israel has an unfair advantage. He's a prophet. He's a seer. he, He sees into the future and he knows everything that's going on. He hears what you say, even in the privacy of your own bedroom, and then goes to the king of Israel and tells him what's going to happen. And when we show up, they're standing there ready and the element of surprise is completely lost. Well, the king can't believe that such a person exists. And so he says, I want us to pull every resource. I want us to get every man, every every chariot that we have, and I want you to send it to where he is. Find out where he is, arrest him and bring him back here. And so they do that. They, they get every bit of resource that the, that the country has, and they head for Israel. Information comes through the intelligence department that he's living in this particular city, this man named Elisha. And uh, so they send everybody over there to, to get to Elisha. They get there at night, and they surround the city and Elisha is sleeping and his aide gets up in the, in the morning and starts to get ready and walks out of the house where he's staying and looks up into the hills and sees armies, sees chariots and sees horses and men. And, and he starts to do a slow panoramic vision of what's going on and sees that the entire city is surrounded by enemy soldiers. Immediately, absolutely, immediately, fear grips his heart. Now, when fear comes, it it, it does some things. It, it freezes us up. It it causes our minds to race in irrational ways. It sends us off into all sorts of places that aren't healthy, that aren't right, that aren't rational. Sometimes, but. Uh, this This young man stands there and and sees this all, and then runs back into the house, wakes up the prophet, and says "You've got to see this what what are we going to do there's There's more of them than there are of us there's the, the, they're more powerful they're better equipped they're better armed we we don't have a chance so we, we better talk about what the best way to surrender is." But the older man, Elijah, Elisha, is, is not moved, is, is, not, is not concerned at all. He, he says, listen to the young man, don't worry. Well, that's pretty easy to do when, when uh, you, you're older and you're, you're not worried about what's going on and to say to somebody, don't worry, but that doesn't really lift off the fear, doesn't take away the, the panic. But uh, he says, "Don't, don't worry. Why would Elisha say, don't worry? Well, you see, Elisha had already had this connection with God, had already heard what was going to happen. God had already spoken to Elisha and said, listen, I'm going to do for you today what I've been doing for you all along. I'm going to give you ability, supernatural ability, to do things that everybody else thinks is impossible. Don't worry about it. There's right now, he says, there's an army coming towards you, but don't don't worry about it. I've got you covered. And uh, so they walk out of the house together, and, and the young man says, "Look, look everywhere you see. There's there's chariots. There's there's armed men. There's men on horses. We don't have a chance." And again, don't worry," says Elisha. And then he just takes and he prays over the young man. He says, "God, open up his eyes." Open up his eyes to see who you are. Open up his eyes to see what you're doing. We sing that song, God's working even when we can't see it. God's working even when we don't know it. And, and God is working. He's working in, in this situation. He's working in our situation. But, but Elisha just takes and he puts his hand on the young aide's head and says, God, open up his eyes. It happens. All of a sudden, the young man is not seeing his circumstances, is not seeing the fear, is not seeing the enemy. But all of a sudden, he sees God. God was always there, but now he has the ability to see God. And and he looks and he sees not only the enemy armies, but in bigger numbers, in greater quantity and with greater strength. He sees horses and men and chariots of fire all representing the power and the presence of God. And all of a sudden he realizes that he has nothing to fear. He never did have anything to fear. He just didn't see God, didn't see God's involvement and uh, the story goes on, and I'm going to encourage you to take your Bibles, go to 2 Samuel chapter 6, and, six and read the entire story because it's an incredible story. Uh, this same man, Elisha, who goes out and prays over his aid that his eyes would open, then goes to the enemy army and prays that God will close their eyes and make them not see who he is and where they are, and he, he leads them. He says, You're at the wrong place. Let me." Take you to where you're supposed to go, and and he takes them to another city, and and they walk right into an ambush, and they're they're arrested, and and they're fed and treated, and and so they're treated well, and and, and so the the war that was supposed to take place doesn't take place, and the enemy army is is captured, and and all of that is quelled. I, I, I tell that story because I know that lots of us are looking at what's going on in our world today. I know lots of you are afraid to go outside because of uh, the virus. A lot of you are watching the, the markets go up and down. It sort of feels like the drop of doom at the Edmonton Mall. It's just a fearful kind of time. And, and that's because we're looking at what everybody's seeing. But, but this morning, I, w- I want to pray for you. I want to pray for our church family that we would have our eyes open that we would see God, that we would see what he's doing, that uh, by seeing that, everything that is pressing in on us and and lying to us and saying, this isn't going to end well, it's going to end in disaster. Remember the verse that comes out of Jeremiah. God has a plan, and it's to do you well. It's to do you good. He's not here to destroy you. He loves you way too much. God's still on his throne as he's always been on his throne. He, he, he wasn't thrown off by the coronavirus. He wasn't thrown off by, by falling markets. He, 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 he knows what he's doing. In fact, I want you to understand this. I believe with all my heart that God is opening up doors for the greatest thing that's ever happened to happen in our country. I, I believe with all my heart that God is, is uh, preparing us. You know, it says in Acts that um, in the last days, he's going to raise up our sons and daughters to speak the truth of God and speak it in such a way and with such an authority that things shift and things happen that that culture changes, and that that life comes where there once was death, and it's just going to be an absolutely incredible thing. He says that in the last days that 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 dreams that were only concepts and and uh, uh, visions that were only on the planning board are going to become realities, and that There's going to be such a supernatural shift that people who didn't even believe in God will be frightened by what's going on and they will call out on the name of God. Oh, God, help me. And as a result, God will come through and God will do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think and that everyone, 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 the people that you've been praying for, the people that you've been burdened for are going to call out on the name of the Lord and everyone will be saved that makes that call. And I I just believe that, that God has not given us the ability has not given us, the has not built and created us to be fearful people. He has given us the ability to supernaturally love in the midst of chaos. To, to love the unlovely, to love the frightened, to love those who are so afraid that they might hurt us. But he's given us a supernatural love. God loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, he sent his love towards us so that we could be captured by his love and transformed by his love. That supernatural love is your inheritance. It's my inheritance. He's, he's not only given us supernatural love, but he's given us a power and authority to stand up in chaotic times and say, this isn't the plan of God. This, this shortage, we're, we're going to pray over the, the fish and the loaves and we're going to have more than enough. We're, we're going to pray over the sick and see that they recover. We're, we're going to ask and God is going to intervene. The, the, the powers that be have said this, but we're going to pray and we're going to see a shift. We're going to see a difference. He's given you, it's part of your legacy. It's part of your inheritance. You're going to be a people of power and authority. And, and on top of that, we're not going to be a people that are shaken by fear and rattled by circumstances and, and, and just falling apart at the seams. But we're going to be a people who are of sound mind, who are, have a disciplined mind, who, who say, listen, I've seen the Lord. I, I know that he's got a plan. He's been whispering his plans and his purposes. I'm not walking into an ambush. I'm standing and I've got that authority, that power. So this morning, I want to I pray for you. I want to pray for our church. I want to pray for, for your family that uh, that that our eyes would be open so let, let's let's pray together father in the name of Jesus I thank you for this incredible story that is found in second kings i I thank you that it's part of our heritage it's part of who we are it's part of your gift to us you have opened our eyes and I'm praying that every member, every part, every, every person in our church family will today have their eyes open to who you are. Give them a fresh revelation. Give them a fresh revelation of who you are as they open up their Bibles. And as they read through the New Testament, as we're doing this year, God, I pray that you would speak to them and that it would be more than just words, but it would, it would shift where their heart is. It would shift where their mind is and that there would come a confidence. There would come a peace. And that, that, that hope of who you are would, would be so very real to them. I pray that. I I, I pray, God, that you would open up their eyes as they, they move around and that they would realize that they are not people who are victims. But they're more than conquerors. They're, they're, they're sent by Almighty God to lay hands on the sick, to to knock on the next door neighbor's door and say, hey, listen, how can I help you? Do you, do, do you need me to run to the pharmacy for you? Do you need me to pick up some groceries for you? That, that God, there's going to be doors that open that we never, ever imagined would be opened. And that we're going to see hearts that have been hardened, become soft and lives that, that are uh, just shaken by what's going on that are going to be wide open to your love, to your gospel. Open eyes today. Open the eyes of everyone who's watching today with us on this broadcast and, and, and just make it an amazing turnaround in our hearts and in our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Church, I'm I, I'm going to ask you to to open up your New Testaments and and to go through it. If you're following along with us, we're in the Book of John right now, preparing for the Easter season. But if you haven't been reading anywhere in the New Testament, start underlining what what God speaks to you. Start start memorizing some of the things that God says about fear. Let it let it go past your brain into your heart and into your spirit and and transform the way that you think. Uh, let let uh, Let's write out some of those verses and stick them up around our house so that that we're constantly reminded that God is on the throne, God is doing what he's always done, and that it's going to be a victorious outcome. The other thing that I'm asking you to do is to set aside, if you're able to, set aside part of a day or an entire day just to... to fast, and to pray. God, will you make the church, not just our local assembly, but the church in Canada, what it was meant and designed by you to be. Uh, Help us to to, to have your heart beating in us. Help us to see opportunities and not crisis and chaos. Help us to, uh, to, to operate with that love, that supernatural love, power, and discipline. Uh, pray. We we have nothing but time. We have nowhere to go. Some of your offices are closed. Uh, Can't go swimming. Can't go to the library. Can't go to the bay. Lots of places you can't go. So so let's spend some time. I I believe God is setting up this time so that we can read the word. We can pray. We can hear his voice. Then pick up the phone and and phone somebody in the church and just share what God's showing you, what God's saying to you. Let's let's connect. Uh, if, If you haven't seen someone in a while, just give them a call and say, Hey, listen, what's, what's going up in your life? It's in church. We can connect after and before a service. And and now we may not be able to be together for two Sundays, but let's, let's not let that connection go. Let's just keep Connected. Let's keep building faith in one another. Let's, let's keep reminding one another of what God has done for us year after year after year and remind each other that he's not changed. He's not going to change. He's the same good God that he's always been. And we're going to go from victory to victory to victory. Church, we love you. We've been praying for you. Uh, if you have any needs, be sure that you contact us, and, and, and we're more than happy to pray with you and stay with you. I want you to know that Tuesday night, the first 50 people who come to prayer, they'll get in. 51, you'll have to go home, but uh, 50 people on Tuesday night, we're going to be praying here at the church, and so uh, you can join us if you want, and, and it's going to be a tremendous time. We love you, church. It's going to be a great, great time.